Welcome to This Week in Interview. It is July the 6th, 2011. My name is Paula Leitan-Loblack, and it is my pleasure to fill in today for Dr. Thompson Fontaine, who is away on assignment. Our guest today is Mr. Herbert Sabaroch. He will be here with us for the uh, hour, and during that time, we will take your questions and comments. We will open up the lines in about 30 minutes, at which time you are welcome to call in to the program with your questions. The number you will need to call in is 202-525-7231, although I do encourage you to put your questions in the chat room. If you are planning on submitting your question in the chat room, please do that now, and uh, we'll present your question at that time. Hello. Hello. Uh, as mentioned earlier, we've had the pleasure uh, to be speaking today with Mr. Herbert Sabaroch. Presently, Mr. Sabaroch is a consultant in education and training, as well as the chairperson for the Dominica Freedom Party, a party that was formed in October of 1968 and whose present leader is Judith Pestena. I hope I'm saying that correctly. He is also the second yes. vice president and manager for the senior team Dominica Cricket Association. Mr. Sabaroch also holds a diploma in industrial arts teacher's training, a diploma in vocational education and training, a bachelor of education degree, and MA in planning, management, and curriculum, as well as a certificate in project development management implementation and evaluation. He has a colorful political career, among other accomplishments. So today we look forward to finding out a little bit more about the man who has been an active and visible member of Dominica's political arena for much of his life. Welcome, Mr. Savaroach, to This Week in Interview. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here. I, I should say, Mrs. Lovelock, yes. that I am indeed honored to be provided with such an opportunity well, communicate with your listening audience, citizens of Dominica, among all others. Well, it is a pleasure to have you here. Yeah, of course, my perspectives, achievements, challenges, possible planned uh, roadmaps for Dominica's growth and development uh-huh. may not be what all envisage. But summatively, ideas, plus yours, of course, your questions, mm-hmm. must contend for the benefit of all our country. Absolutely. And I'm sure that there will be listeners who, again, will have some questions uh, based on our discussion tonight. So um, I wanted to actually start off by uh, the question, you know, as the second vice president manager of the senior team of the Dominica Cricket Association, it must be very exciting to see that Dominica is holding its first test match. From watching it, are there any outstanding young athletes within Dominica that you think have a strong chance of being part of the West Indies team? Well, we are all elated that history has been created today. Yes. As Dominica hosts our first test match mm-hmm. in the Windsor Passport Stadium. And, so and we, how does that turn out? We grade A for all the recent international matches uh-huh. to include West Indies versus South Africa last year. Wow. Yeah, crowd support has been excellent. Although, you know what the score is? 75 for free and the rain stopped play today. Oh. We are hoping that this historic occasion can signal the returning of the West Indies team to the glory days. Ah, that would be no, wonderful. In terms, yeah. 
in terms of individuals, mm-hmm. uh, I, I suppose probably your listeners, uh, if they do not know, Shillingford, mm-hmm. who was the fifth player from Dominica to represent the West Indies, right. has passed the ICT test. Oh. And uh, as a West Indies contracted player, mm-hmm. is again knocking on the door. That's amazing. We have a young player, yes, uh, but he was not in the squad today. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but we have a young player, Kazem Hodge. You know, he was on the West Indies on the 15 uh, team. Mm-hmm. And he has been moving by lips and bounds. Okay. Uh, Dominican Winward Islands MVP for the past two years. Oh. He was at, in Australia on the cricket scholarship. And presently, he is now on the West Indies on the 19th team playing in the United States. Really? Uh, so, so this is a good prospect for Dominica in the future. Is it fair to say, though, I mean, we mentioned one name, but it's fair to say that Dominica has a lot of possible stars. There, there are others. Yes. Yeah, it, it, there is. Robinson, who is captain in the under-19 team in St. Lucia, mm-hmm. uh, and Dominica is doing well there. And uh, there is uh, there are a number of young players. There is one uh, young player who is on the Winwards team now, um, in fact more than one. Okay. Um, there is Tyron Teofield, there is Junior Chevier, uh, there is Evan James, and, and there is a young fast bowler. Uh, Luis. Okay. Uh, the, he's only 20 years old, and he made Dominica's team and Winward's team only this year, mm-hmm. and he's a great, great prospect. So there are some future talents for us in Dominica. All right. So as the as the the uh, senior manager of the Dominica Cricket Association, uh, how are you? I guess nurturing these guys to be seen. I guess by those that need to see them. Are they? Do they go to various um, events or locations around the world, or how are we going to get them to be noticed? Well, they are exposed at the Windward Islands level, mm-hmm. uh, not Dominica Windward Islands, mm-hmm. uh, because we play the different versions of the game, okay. the the 3D games, mm-hmm. the 50 over games, and the 2020. Uh, so, so there they get exposure, and then. You know, the international world uh, is is looking at them. Okay. Well, we're hopeful that some of the names that you've mentioned will certainly move move into that and certainly represent Dominica proudly. And you yourself, you've had an extensive career representing Dominica in the politics in a variety of influential positions over your life. And I'm curious to find out at what point were you or did you realize that you were definitely destined for politics? What what within your life and at what point influenced that particular decision to go into politics? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the, the, the last section of your question, what influenced that decision? Yes. Uh, in fact, that decision was influenced by, the, by a number of experiences. Oh. <laughs> which laid that kind of foundation. Okay. So it wasn't just one I, I moment. It was a, a, a couple of things leading up to it or influences? Yeah, yeah. many things. Uh, you know... I begin by saying that my mother fathered me because my dad, my dad died when I was just about um, three and a half years old. Ooh, okay, sorry. Always 
question the wrongdoings of people in authority. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, so, so I grew up with that kind of, of mentality. When things are, are not right, right, you would stand up. So always then, questioning. You know, always questioning. You cannot cherish the word. Uh -huh. You stand up for the truth no matter what. Okay. We speak and, and the truth shall always set you free. Right. You know, free conscience. Yeah. So even at the early age of 11, mm -hmm. I questioned the principal, wow. you know, in school, yes. primary school. Mm -hmm. And in fact, that laid the foundation for me to go to secondary school. Wow. Yeah. So was it that... I questioned the village council chairman, Yes. you know, while I was at secondary school because of development of the little village of Biosh, mm -hmm. my community. Yes. Was there... I know we have a little yeah. bit of a delay, so I'm going to try to allow you to finish before I ask the next question because it's very interesting. Um, I, I guess I wanted to find out. You, you said at the age of 11, you know, you, you, you questioned the principal. Were there, were there uh, political, you know how sometimes you can, at, in, in different schools, you know, they start little political parties or, or, or get students involved in politics at the young age to understand, you know, the political arena. Uh, was that going on or this was just, you know, you just, you just no, you see, he was sending two other students to sit common entrance exams, and I was younger than them, mm -hmm. and in a higher class than them, and I was not going. So I, I, in the middle of assembly, I jumped up and I said, but why should that be? Right. And of course, he made amends to that and brought me to sit grammar school exams, oh. where I ended up getting a scholarship and being the first person from the little village to go to a secondary school. That's wonderful. So I guess it always is good so to I ask. I always, you know, stand up for what I think is the truth, mm -hmm. and um, you know, and sometimes get into trouble for that. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's uh, unavoidable. University at college, you know. I represented the, the students, you mm -hmm. know, and then for living conditions, studying conditions. Right. And of course, in terms of politics, yeah. I always vocalized my dissatisfaction with policies that okay. would not benefit teachers, public servants, mm -hmm. and people in the community. And of course, I supported principles and policies right. and actions. For example, Premier Leblanc. Mm -hmm. I was one of those as a young teacher uh, that was campaigning for his election uh, because I felt, well, you know, the old regime mm -hmm. where, you know, the, the ordinary man was not recognized. But at the same time, I opposed people like Patrick John because I felt his policies and actions were not in the best interest of the people and the country. Now, you were doing some, you know, uh, concerns with some of the, 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 the political atmosphere uh, within the college, but my question um, er, uh, to that was, I wanted to find out, uh, was that, uh, obviously that was one of the things that led up, so basically you, from age 11, you had some concerns with the principal. Was there anything in between there before you went to college that kind of influenced you? you to yeah, well, that's why I said that, uh, you know, as, an, uh, as a teacher early, uh, you know, in the community, mm -hmm. at the village council, were, they were <laughs> not doing what needed to be done to develop the community, and I asked the people not to pay the, <laughs> not to pay the, the regular, you know, 
the fees that they were to pay on an annual basis. Ah. And I was reported for, you know, influencing the people politically. Wow. Now, you talk about you influencing the people or, or the, the idea from someone that you were influencing. Was Is there a, a mentor or somebody, I mean, you spoke of your mother. Was there anybody else that was a mentor that, you know, you kind of followed as you gained your experience within politics? Yeah, well, of course, my political mentor was actually Dame Eugenia Charles. Right, okay. And what was it yeah, about like, what she was doing that, or saying, that uh, was inspiring you? You know, because she, we had some very frank discussions. That's while I was at university in Barbados, Cable. Uh, and, and she was indicating to me that she has been following my, you know, um, my development and my involvement in everything, mm -hmm. and that um, I would be someone suitable to represent communities on the country. Okay. And, and uh, you know, and, and I myself was looking at her in terms of her political development and the, what she stood for. Right. In terms of her integrity, accountability, the level of transparency that she, you know, maintained. People before, or basically people before privileges and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she, she said, look, you you are the kind of person that we want in Dominica to get into politics, you know, to, to really represent people. Right. And, uh, you know, that level of influence, that, uh, this, the way that I look at her and analyze the way that she operated as compared to uh, the previous prime minister. Right. Um, I said, well, you know, but I needed to be well qualified and independent uh, so that, you know, if I get into politics, yes. I do not have to bow down to anyone. Right. But to, to do what is required independently with every truth. You and when know, you say independent, and, and that um, what I'm doing is for the good of the people. When you say independent, what, what do you mean by independent? Because you wouldn't necessarily be independent of the party. What, did you, what do you mean? independent in thought, word, and action, um, you know, because when it, if there's a policy that I feel that is not for the benefit of the people, that I could stand and defend it. So even yes. within the party? Even within the party, at okay. all levels. Okay, okay. So you needed to to let it make sure that people understood that while you may have supported maybe the majority of of their policies, that if there was one that you didn't believe in, they needed to know that you were ready to stand for the people. That's it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And at what no, were you comfortable no. um, moving into that that role? I mean, you were you were mentored or you were inspired, and then you were encouraged. But were you comfortable at that point saying, you know what, I think I will go into politics now? Because what were you if you weren't going to go into politics? What would you have gone into? No, no well, I I took my professional by uh, professional. Uh, direction, especially in education and technical vocational education, mm -hmm. seriously. In fact, I move on to work with the the OECS, the Caribbean. Okay. Um, working with the OECS, 
and even become the advisor in technical vocational education for CARICOM. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so my my forty was in education. Okay. But while I was there, you know, things were happening in Dominica. Um, interestingly, I did not serve. I served as an educator right. with Denise Junior Cars. Right. But uh, I did not serve while she was prime minister really? over the 15 years. Wow. I, I came after she left. Okay. In fact, uh, she, she, when she was going out, I was coming in. Wow. But, you'd, uh, but up to that point, you'd already done so much. Yeah. Politically and... Yeah, I had a level of independence. People yeah. were concerned that I was leaving a comfortable job right. and, and getting into politics, uh, you know. Uh, what would I gain from that? But I felt that my community... Mm -hmm. And in fact, my mom, uh, to yes. be honest, my mom was, was going down and I wanted to be close to home, you know, because we were very, very close. And this and particular, I would be in Dominica, mm -hmm. continue with my consultancies in education, right, and uh, contributing to the development of the community, the little village where I came from. Now you talk about the continuation and the development of of of, of Dominica, and at one time you held the role of Minister of Health. So, yes, what I, well, I served five years in yeah. opposition. Ah, okay. And so, within that, though, within those that time frame, did you see any improvements within Dominica's healthcare system? And and if you and right now, if if you don't really see them, what what could still be improved? And has much really improved? Well, you know. Um, as Minister of Health, after I served in opposition, mm -hmm. I got into trouble, thrown out of Parliament <laughs> for seeking for standing for the truth. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I took the matter to the courts, the, the Eastern Caribbean Supreme Court, yes. and then was vindicated. Uh, but then, in 2000, I became Minister of Education first, and with the prompting of the Prime Minister then, Charles, right. that is... Um, um, uh, Eugenia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prime Minister Charles, not Eugenia Charles. Oh, okay, but, um, okay. Pierre Charles. Oh, Pierre, okay, yeah. After Roosevelt Douglas died, uh, Pierre Charles um, um, said that, well, with your experience and the problems we are having in health, um, can you take on that responsibility? And uh, I accepted the challenge. And, uh, you know, Dominica was very much advanced in terms of primary health care. Mm -hmm. uh, we were leading in the Caribbean, okay. primary health care in the country, districts and so, or health centers, mm -hmm. uh, doctors in, in the communities and so. And so that was on a very good footing to the extent where our head primary health care doctor ended up with PAO. Yeah, the Pan-American Health Organization. That's amazing. I myself ended up being the the executive, uh, the president of, of, of the executive board of PAHO. And, and so, and, um, you know, this this was doing well for Dominica. Uh, we had a very good rapport with Ross University right. and then their assistants mm -hmm. because we had lots of students coming from Cuba. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, the level at which they were, they want, needed to be upgraded, and, and Ross University entered in an agreement with us, and then we were doing well. Uh, today, 
Yes. I mean, uh, the, the primary health care system is not what we would like it to be. Uh, the cooperation uh, that uh, the help that we are getting from the international agencies and so, although there's that foundation, right. but um, the basic things are the hospital, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because we still have to be sending persons to oh, our French neighbors, Martinique and Guadeloupe. Right. And for for things that you know secondary health care mm -hmm. uh, while our primary health care still can be considered at a very high standard our secondary health care has not moved so were there many changes though did you see a lot of changes i mean you say that the primary 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 health care was pretty much at a at a good level did it elevate because now it seems that from what you're saying, it's taken a step back. But while you were doing that, what improvements did you see? And from those improvements, which ones have, have fallen by the wayside or gone back down again that need to be readdressed? Well, primary health care is one of them. Mm -hmm. And um, instead of, you know, like, for example, a mammogram for, you know, testing breast cancer. Yes. Uh, we were there. No, we are not there. Oh. Uh, you know, for women. Okay. And, is there, is, and, and those kind of, of basic things. Is that funding? Uh, sometimes, yes? Is that because of funding that these things have been, or that has been taken off the table, or do we know why? Is it is it about money, or? Insurance for persons, for, for medical, for medical, because we have to be going over overseas for secondary health care yes and and it costs a lot and the establishment of of, of, of a health care system in Dominica would be in the right direction to assist especially those persons who cannot afford all right so we need more improvement for those with without exactly a lot of dollars that couldn't go away to get the health care that they need. Yeah. All right, so these are a couple of things. So as a, did, do you feel that you, you did a major part, though, as the, the Minister of Health? You got a lot well, of well, things. Well, yes, I mean, yeah, well, well you know, PAHO, there's the establishment of a PAHO focal center in Dominica now. Okay. Uh, because uh, the, the Caribbean supported the then director of PAHO, uh, Dr. Motorose, is from, from Argentina. Okay. Uh, so the, the Caribbean actually benefited tremendously with focal points in every one of our OECS countries, mm -hmm. the increase in the, the allocations of finances, and, and uh, so, so this helped us in, in not only Dominica, but the rest of the Eastern Caribbean tremendously, and this is ongoing. Wow, so definitely a lot of what you've done has certainly uh, impacted Dominica presently. You know, uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask about was um, with regards to elections, you being in politics, um, and the outcome of the last general election seemed to, ha well, has produced a resounding majority for the Dominica Labour Party. And at some point in Dominica politics, the Freedom Party was also given this mandate by the people of Dominica. Do you feel that, are these types of mandates good for a country? You know, it has its advantages and disadvantages. Okay. Uh, because policies that you want to implement, uh, sound policies that you want to implement, you have that mandate to go with it. 
But um, when you have that kind of majority, you tend to marginalize, you know, the minority, mm -hmm. uh, the voices, and, and sometimes what they are saying is relevant for the development of the country. Mm. So, so there are the advantages and the disadvantages. Um, in fact, uh, the Dominican Freedom Party with 18 seats had only, um, um, let me see, the number of ministers was not more than, than seven. No, um, the, the Labour Party has gotten jobs practically for almost every elected member. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have, apart from the, the 15 ministers, you have parliamentary secretaries. This, again, places a burden on, on the, you know, the finances of the country, the limited finances of the country. I see. So it can be beneficial for the party, I would guess, if they've got a lot of things that they want to push through, uh, if, but not yeah. so much for the, uh, the minority, as you're saying, the minority voice, who certainly some of their issues should probably be looked at, I would assume. Yeah. And so... Yeah, that, that certainly so, yeah. And one of the things that, w with regards to the last election, uh, there were, I'd like your thoughts on the issue about individuals who were encouraged to return to Dominica to vote. Now, there was some allegation that there was corruption around the general election and voting. Do you think that this may have an impacted the Dominica Freedom Party vote? Mm -hmm. In you terms see, of the in, turnout? In terms of elections, returning to vote. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when a party has at its disposal, yes. you know, friends of government mm -hmm. that uh, they can, you know, raise funds, that they can get clean loads of persons down, and even persons in, in terms of the... The, the Constitution and the laws of Dominica where you are entitled to vote if you have visited Dominica within the past five years. Ah, okay. uh, but when you have plain loads of persons coming, they are all there for um, more than five years, 20 years on, on, in some instances, and they, they are coming to vote. They can make a big difference, and they made a big difference in the last elections in terms of the various constituencies. I see. You know, where a, a, a ruling party, Labour Party, candidate won by two, two votes, five votes, you know, very limited number of votes. And the people coming from overseas actually made the difference in terms of the number of seats that one party would have won. Okay. Uh, so this itself creates an imbalance and does not necessarily reflect the wishes of the people who are experiencing the challenges in Dominica. Okay, so, so it, is, it is possible then that with people that were supposedly flown in, I, I don't know, I, I, I couldn't say yes or no, that this could have impa impacted your party. They, they, it, was, it, it, it impacted heavily on all the parties, the opposition parties. 
in, in, in the constituency when, where I run. I mean, it impacted and on the, in, in the other con constituencies. Yes. And in an, another thing that impacted heavily mm -hmm. was the availability of finances to practically buy votes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can say that okay. because I experienced it in the constituency where I run, where people were actually paid to vote. And these people came forward and weren't charged with anything? <laughs> is this a, is this legal within the system? Who would charge them? That's the other thing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I and guess. It's the party government. That's interesting. I, I, and that, that's a, who, received, who received will not want to come forward right. and disclose themselves and then, and then serve witness against the people who provided them with the finances. That's interesting. That's an interesting um, um, uh, item because, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, some people are saying yes to that and there may be listeners saying that's not true, that never really happened. But I guess, as you're saying, sometimes when you do have people that are coming in um, or quote-unquote paid or um, encouraged in some way to vote for a certain party will definitely impact your party as it did and the UWP, um, who actually yeah. had boycotted the House of Assembly due to their feelings with regards to the turnout of the last election, the last um, general election. And then recently on June 29th of this year, the UWP again boycotted the House of Assembly due to the fact that there was apparently no money within the budget to produce a voter ID card. Now, is it right for the party to, to um, uh, basically boycott based on, on this? Do you think that they're... Yeah, yeah, well, right? um, in terms of the boycott, you know, uh, that's a party decision. Mm -hmm. But um, from 95, 95, 2000, 2005, 2009... And the report of the the OAS election observers mm -hmm. and the Commonwealth observers, they made it clear that uh, according to our laws, that ID cards should be made mandatory for voting. I see. And and this has been a challenge and on the agenda. And uh, the Freedom Party, the, the United Workers Party, mm -hmm. has been making representation for the introduction of the ID card. Um, I remember doing some research as to what transpired in St. Kitts, mm -hmm. and then indicated that uh, the Commonwealth Secretariat actually assisted St. Kitts and many of the other Caribbean countries yes. for the introduction of ID cards. Because what you have is that a population of 69,000, mm -hmm. and on the voters' list, you have 65,000 people. Oh. Uh, what of the under 18, which are practically uh, 18 to 20,000 persons? So this means that by issuing ID cards, you are going to have the sanitization mm -hmm. of the voters' list right. so that you can have free and fair elections. You know, so so this is a major issue in in, in Dominica, and the the, the 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 standard the United Workers Party, not only the United Workers but Freedom Party, yeah. and so we are calling on the government. It was actually on on, on the budget at one stage, yes. and uh, uh, removed. And so so and and the Prime Minister made the bold statement that. He will move towards issuing 
a national ID card instead of voter ID card. Right. You, you know, this, so this is a major issue in this country. And uh, now, so basically you're saying that while the UWP um, has done the boycott, that, the, that as the chairperson of the Dominica Freedom Party, you would have recommended the same. Not in terms of, uh, well, that, what I'm saying is that uh, there are different ways in a cat. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go to Parliament and, and make your, your voice heard and talk about the issues. You can demonstrate, you can do different things. Uh, the United Workers Party choose the direction that they want to, to take. Uh, the Freedom Party, we demonstrated uh, with our placards already close to Parliament. We mm -hmm. did that. Uh, we've been writing and we've been asking the, the Electoral Commission uh, in writing yes. um, to take the necessary action. Uh, but different parties operate differently and um, the United Workers Party choose to boycott Parliament in the protest. Okay. But the Freedom Party would have done maybe something a little bit different and she maybe chose a different avenue. Yeah, we would do all what, well, we are still doing all what we can to see if we can make our voices be heard uh, in terms of making the government recognize that the voter ID card is what needs to be done so that we can have free and fair elections in Dominica. So you see it as an important fabric to Dominica's political future? That is right. Now, uh, you were talking about the government wanting to bring in a national ID card, and then, but then the UWP wanting a voter ID card. But the government is suggesting... Not, not only the UWP, but the Freedom Party And the too. Freedom Party. Sorry. And many other persons. But, but the government is suggesting that the national card also be the ID card. So I guess some would ask... Why couldn't the national uh, ID card be both? The the the, the national ID the card, ID yeah, card yeah. is legally documented uh, that is it has been a recommendation from election to election, mm -hmm. and um, there is no legislative agenda law for the introduction of national ID card. You have the licensing of persons to drive. Mm -hmm. uh, they've got the ID card, social security of the ID card, the voters ID card, as we are uh, vocalizing, would eliminate any fraudulent activities for election, one way or the other. And, 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 and this is this is the recommendation of the Commonwealth, uh, the, the recommendation that has been implemented in all the other Caribbean countries. Well, I do know that um, St. Kitts definitely has one, as oddly enough, today I was actually speaking with a condition friend of mine who actually showed me his um, voter's ID card, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you, so is this voter ID card that is being proposed available to those overseas as well as those within Dominica? According to the laws, it will be available to those overseas who have visited Dominica within 
the five years, the election period. I see. Uh, so, so you have shown the, this would be available to them. But the, in order to get the voters' ID card, you would have been visiting Dominica uh, during the five-year period between elections. And that is part of the legal the legal parameters mm -hmm. uh, that covers the issuing of voter ID cards. And now would those from overseas um, be able to uh, get these cards overseas or do they have to come into Dominica to get this? Well, not necessarily, mm -hmm. but they would have had visited Dominica during the five-year period because, I mean, we issue passports right. overseas. Right, uh, and so, so the thin process could be followed. Okay. All right, so this is why... And even we issue passports to those who should not be getting passports. Okay, so you're not necessarily for a national card. You're more for the, the voter ID card. So I guess, um, but right now, according to uh, what I've been reading, there is no money for it in the present budget. So how, how do you see that, you know, coming to light? We are having different activities. World Creole Festival in Dominica. Everyone uh, who is working there get an ID card. Look, we are having we are having the, the, the cricket in Dominica. Mm -hmm. Every worker, and we have more close to a thousand persons engaged in various activities, and they are accredited with an ID card. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, it does not take um, those kind of monies because we have the technology in Dominica already to accommodate this. To, to prepare the ID card. Right. Well, so then, so basically, the the, the four million dollars that is being projected for it doesn't necessarily need to be spent. They don't need to spend this much it, money. That's is what right. You're saying. Yeah. Okay. Because the, the Commonwealth Secretariat is prepared to give us um, technical assistance. Somebody from the Commonwealth Secretariat was here, and he indicated the necessity mm -hmm. uh, to have the, the the voter ID card so as to have free and fair elections throughout the Commonwealth. Now, all of this has been transpiring. Wow, I can't believe we've already gone into 50 minutes here, and we've just got another 10 minutes, and I still, okay. have, I still have a lot of questions yeah. for you. And I think maybe some of our, our listeners may have some questions, and they're welcome to call in at 202-525-7233. Uh, That's 202-525-7231. Or they're welcome to leave questions in the chat room at thedominican.net. So I encourage our listeners, if you've got any questions, to please. Uh, do so uh, while we've just got a few more minutes here uh, with our interview, but it's so far um, very, very interesting, and I'm learning quite a lot tonight. So again, thank you so much for your time. You know, uh, earlier on we talked about your political um, career, and uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you is that, you know, as a long-standing member of the Dominican Freedom Party, you worked with Dame Eugenia Charles. Tell us a little bit of how it was working with her, kind of behind the scenes. What, you know, how was she as a as a manager, so to speak, of uh, of a cabinet and of the country? <laughs> you know, a number of persons wrote books about her. You know, yes, and um, she was that level of she had an independent mind, okay. very independent mind. Mm -hmm. But she was a very good listener because when you bring suggestions to her. Mm -hmm. Uh, she may disagree with you. Right. When she gives good thought, she would call you back and then have further discussions 
And if she was convinced that what you were asking her, the suggestions that you were making, and she would take on board the suggestions that you were making. And she believes strongly, you know, in integrity, accountability, yes. uh, finances. You had to account for what you were doing. So nobody got a free ride. You know, Everybody had to work and do their part. Yeah, that's right. Or else she would not be. She would. She would not uh, hesitate to tell you that you're fired. <laughs> some uh, can for some, not doing what you needed to do. Some said she was kind of like the Iron Lady. You know, she she was. You know, that is right. <laughs> she was, you may not like her, but you would respect her for what she stands for. Right, right. So, do you feel that? I mean, because she was in power for 15 years, and. 15 years. Yes, and and I'm just wondering, having been part of the party, so maybe this is a, a, a question for you as well, do you feel that a lot of what she envisioned for Dominica, or maybe from her first year, the first five years, ten years, uh, actually came to fruition? Were there a lot of the things that she wanted to see uh, materialized? Did they? Well, you know... I mean, I, uh, I don't know if you recall, but your listeners probably can recall that uh, she, she went into office after Hurricane David. Right. And, uh, and Monica was at a low ebb. And, mm-hmm. and some of us say that she went into office after Hurricane uh, David and after Hurricane Patrick John. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you yes. have to build an economic base. Yeah. And, you know, she was an economist, too. Uh, so she laid the foundation and set up systems, mm-hmm. put systems in place for the growth and development of the country. And, and you know, those systems, even the welfare system in Dominica mm-hmm. is taken over, uh, the welfare division department is taken over by the, the red clinic system. Okay. And, 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 and you, you know, the, the partisan political system. And, and this does not, because it's not everyone that is in need that you can help. And when you cannot help those that are most in need because of their political affiliation, um, this creates problems in this country. Mm-hmm. And it creates fear because people are afraid to speak their mind, to say what they have to say, because my child will not get a scholarship. Right. You know, um, the job that is available. Uh, I will not be considered for it, or my child may not be considered for it. And this creates a, a level of fear among people. Okay, I can tell you, not me. I, I, I was going to say. That, you know, <laughs> after the, the battles that I had, I yes. was offered a ministry and say how much money I want. But I have said that over and over. Yes. And uh, that I could not be bought. You, you know, those kind of situations arise. They do. Uh, and, and based on the principles that I hold of integrity mm-hmm. and transparency and accountability, I could not see myself. And the foundation that old man brain, my mom laid, mm-hmm. I couldn't see myself going in that direction. No, and just based on what you, you told me, I was going to say, but, you know, you as an independent person, you know, would stand for what you felt was right. And it sounds to me that Eugenia, that Dame Eugenia Charles basically also was that same type of person. She basically stood for what, is the truth. what she felt was right. But at the end, when she, you know, left 
quote-unquote left the politics, I guess, after the 15 years of, of um, not leaving, but you know what I mean. Um, you've, I'm sure you spoke with her after that. Did you? Was there anywhere in there where there was something that she thought that you know she had hoped would have come to fruition that didn't? Was there anything that you know she would have liked yeah. to have seen? You know, a vacuum was created, mm -hmm. and and you know the people who could have taken up the mantle. Uh, there was uh, Brian Allen. Um, mm -hmm. Well, he actually left and then took a regional job as a, a judge. Yeah. You know, because he was a political leader in in, in 2005. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there was Charles Miner, Charles Savre. Right. And um, for one reason or the other, they went their selfish ways. Uh, you know, and, and, and the legacy of, of Demi Eugenia Charles and what she stood for and the foundation she had laid. You know, the freedom party suffered. Okay. Uh, because those persons who should have taken the party forward, you know, find themselves, you know, for personal gain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I could have done the same thing, but I didn't. Uh, went their own way. Uh, you know, a number of the stalwarts of the party. So, and so that put us in a position where we have to rebuild. So she's and try to attract people and, uh, that are of that caliber and that kind of thinking. So she, I guess in the end she would have been disappointed in these individuals and, and hope that they would have continued. Very much so. Mm, that would have been very frustrating, no doubt. Now, yeah. as we continue on with our discussion about uh, the political arena this year, uh, you've had some interesting, some interesting things happen where this year, uh, actually last month on June the 29th, you were charged with res resisting arrest, obstructing, yeah, and battering a police officer for which you pleaded not guilty. Uh, do you feel that this charge will or has tarnished your political legacy? The, the no, I, I, I don't think so because, I mean, you will have people who, who would say by Sabre should not have stood up to that. Mm -hmm. But and, that wouldn't have been you, though, like, right? Uh, like me, you know, I believe I was targeted. Okay. Yeah. I was targeted. Mm -hmm. I had every legitimate reason to go to Parliament, yeah. and I explained that to the police officer, mm -hmm. uh, the, the charge of of eating after 68 years I couldn't see myself beating a police yes uh, you know you know those, those kind of things uh, resisting arrest I opened the door and entered uh, so I could have resisted but a third charge is being placed on me uh, which is obstruction I've got a and, uh, and then the police they, they, they asked for 105 days 17th of October right uh, to to have the case, you know, heard in, in the courts. Uh, so I'm very optimistic that, you know, the truth shall set me free. Well, I know that we probably can't go into a lot of detail because this definitely is yeah. in front of the court, so we can't get into too much about it. But yeah. how are you feeling yeah. with regards to it in terms of having to have run into this? No, and no I, I, I feel strongly that, you know, um, I'm acting on behalf of the people, and you know, I am one of those that's not afraid to stand for the truth and 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 to move forward for the development of this country. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, this is something. This is an example to show people that you know, 
those who stand up will be recognized and targeted. And, and so this is something that cannot be allowed to continue in our democratic country. And do you feel that based on you know you, your reason why you were there and now with the uh, government having a majority that it will really be heard or has this actually really brought I guess you know in an unfortunate situation with you having been charged but it's really brought the issue to the surface and so maybe it's not such a bad thing in kind of a way. And, 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 and I'm guessing, uh, well, actually not guessing, having read, and maybe you can correct me, um, part of the reason for being there was with regards to in support of the UWP and their request for funding for a voter ID card. Interestingly, you know, if you were to, to if, you, if you know very well the Fortune Hotel, mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know, you, you, you're acquainted with the Fortune Hotel. Yes. 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 The, the roundabout where the incident with me took place. Okay. The was by the Wasco on the other side. Mm hmm You know, yeah, the, the, where the demonstration was taking place. And, uh, and uh, I was... Uh, you know, those those are the parameters that you know. Uh, sometimes we cannot understand. Uh, people before me pass through. People yeah. after me pass through. Okay. But I couldn't pass through for some reason. Apparently, I had read that the police officer had asked you to go a different way. So I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, what. And I was adamant that why should I go all that way um, when Parliament is just there and go to Parliament? I have the authority to go to Parliament. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I guess I know we can't. You can't go too far into it, and I respect that because, again, as we yeah, say, right. it is on. A, it is a, an active. Um, situation right now. So let me let me let me take you to something else. We talk. We we spoke earlier about the Dominican Freedom Party. We spoke about uh, the Labour Party having a, a majority right now, and uh, the UWP with three seats. Right now, as the chairperson for the Dominican Freedom Party, what is in store for the Dominican Freedom Party? How do they rebuild? their brand within Dominica? How do they get back those votes that they lost? What do they need to do right now? You know, it's, it's a younger generation that you have to be dealing with. Uh, so definitely new strategies have to be implemented. Um, it's very interesting that you try to target the younger generation uh, the media uh, is controlled by government. Mm. Uh, you, you know, you, you try to target people that have the level. People, some people are afraid to get involved, but there are some people behind the scenes that are telling you that look, um, you have our support in moving forward. Uh, you know, the idea that. Uh, you know, gradually you try to do it through a process of education mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, to, to bring light to the forefront, you know, to make people understand what is happening in this country. And, and uh, it's patience. We know that 
things can be done through the revolutionary process or the evolutionary process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, gradually we are hoping that people can see the light because people believe in integrity, transparency, accountability. And, and, and at some point in time, we are hoping that the younger generation, although uh, the initial reaction mm -hmm. is towards short-term, what we call the Dominican Civil mm -hmm. Party, mm -hmm. and, and, and you know, the messages that you want to get across does not always go across as fast as you would want it to go. And especially if you are not in control of the media, mm. the media houses. Right. So, so it, it's a difficult task. We recognize that it's a challenging task. We recognize that. But um, we have to keep on looking at it with the hope that uh, the light, the, the dawn of day can come. And that the younger generation mm -hmm. can see that the future depends on the integrity, the accountability, the transparency of any government that is running this country. Which brings me to a question from uh, the chat room. So I've got two more questions for you, and I appreciate your, your time. We're, we're going over just a little bit, but uh, I do have two questions. One um, from the chat room has asked uh, your opinion on the state of politics in Dominica today. How do you feel about it? The state of politics in Dominica. Yes. You know, the, 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 how do I address a interesting question, but it's a difficult one. Uh, because, you know, people will vote, and I'm, I'm, I'm missing my opinion on what transpired during the last election. Uh, a lot of finances were available to the, the Dominica Labour Party. Mm -hmm. And uh, the influence that was exhibited in various communities where people accepted financial contributions uh, to vote for that particular day. You know, if you have a population of this, we have a deterioration of the democratic rights of people. And then you will find that some people felt getting very aggressive. Mm. And, uh, you know, people are starting to get very uneasy. Right. And uh, that is why even, even in the police force, you have, for example, um, you must have heard of the minor case where he was, uh, he, he was tired on the during Christmas day. And then the health system... To, to get that case going mm -hmm. is being spoiled and, and uh, everything is in abeyance. You, you, you know, so people, some people gradually are coming to terms right. with the things that are not going right in this country. So the voices and more, are being and more heard. people are talking about it. So basically the fear is being, you know, people are not as afraid anymore because it's now affecting them. Some people, but they fear, they, you know, people will tell you behind closed doors, well, you know something, look, this is that. Mm -hmm. But they will not come in the open. 
during the night they will come to a meeting during the day they will not want to show their faces because pictures are being taken by the government and then they will appear uh, to be supporting uh, the, the opposition instead of the Labour Party. Right. Uh, so they are afraid of victimization, nepotism, mm -hmm. and, and those things are showing up their ugly heads. Well, I hope and, that and, people can be strong and stand for truly the things that they want for Dominica because I think uh, hopefully overall somebody they, they do want the best for Dominica that is you know I'm hoping because they you know they do have to think about their children and uh, grandchildren and, and on and on and on right so I guess the state of Dominica's politics I guess we'll see in the you know in the next elections what's going to happen yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, hopefully uh, the next election that uh, we can have the, the voters ID card mm -hmm. and, and um, let it be a fair, free and fair election where people decide. Even if the, you continue to want to pay them or to whatever you want to do, but let's see that every voter goes to the poll, mm -hmm. you know, properly identified and that they can show that I am who I am. And I come to vote, and I want to make my decision to vote who my representative should be. And overall, with our political atmosphere, do you feel, and maybe not just with politics, maybe, you know, we can include education, we can include health care, we can include, you know, uh, you know roads, uh, anything really that uh, that is and encompasses Dominica. Are we headed as a country in the right direction? For movement for you, you know. just come to think of it we we borrowed 27 million dollars to build a state palace and um, you know who is benefiting from that uh, while this could have gone to the development of the country economic activities mm -hmm. uh, the Chinese and I'm not afraid to say that yeah. the Chinese are the ones employed in building that state palace. I have heard and it this. it is our Dominica's taxpayers' money that has to pay the loan. You know, when those kind of things are happening in a country, mm -hmm. you know, and people are unemployed, and the employment situation is increasing, you know, when those kind of things have to happen, you know, people have to start thinking, in what direction are we going? Well, I guess they'll definitely, I mean, if they... they like the direction, I guess we'll we'll know at the next election. And if they don't, um, you know, and I guess the the, the uh, opposition certainly can bring to light some of the things that you know the average person just wouldn't know because they're not in the House of Assembly because they're at work or whatever, and the information isn't coming out. So I guess we'll find out as the next election approaches. Um, one other question, and maybe controversial for you, I'm not sure, uh, from the uh, chat room was somebody had asked, um, why did you leave the Freedom Party to go over to Labour and then workers? So I guess they're saying that you've been to a couple of parties, and I'm not sure... Um, I guess you have to clarify that. I have never been to any other party but the Freedom Party. So you have always yes. been a Freedom yes. Party person. I have never been to any other party but the Freedom Party. Okay. We had a coalition government mm -hmm. that the Freedom Party became part of uh, with the Labour Party as yes. a coalition government. Okay. Uh, the Dominican people felt that the United Workers Party was not going in the right direction. And um, the Freedom Party won two seats, the Labour Party won 
won 10 seats, we could have gone with the United Workers Party or we could have gone with the Labour Party. We went with the government of, of Roosevelt Douglas right. and we were in a coalition government. Okay. I have not been with the United Workers Party. There may be issues that we share, like electoral commission, many issues that are of a challenge to us in Dominica. Mm -hmm. uh, so it will appear that uh, we are um, proclaiming or, or fighting against the same similar issues. But um, the Dominican Freedom Party has continued to be an independent party. I have not been in any other party myself but the Freedom Party. So we can at least clear that up for the call for the the person in the chat room who thought that maybe you know because sometimes it's good to speak to the individual right up because sometimes you hear one thing and then by the time somebody else gets it it's a whole different story. So for the record, you have only been with the Dominica Freedom Party. So Dominica Freedom Party. We can definitely clear that up. Now we're just going to move to something just a little bit different before we wind down because I know that you're also involved in the tourism of Dominica and 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 involved or have been uh, involved in the whale watching. How popular is that in Dominica as a tourist? Uh, uh, well, uh, in terms of tourism, I have not been too much involved in tourism per mm -hmm. se, but mm -hmm. uh, what happens is that, you know, uh, I am I'm president of the St. Peter's Fisheries Cooperative, mm -hmm. and, and uh, well, we are popular in establishing the Itish Day on a national level, in Dominica where we got an international award and everything like that. But there's a project mm -hmm. that we are developing and um, in terms of whale watching along the west coast communities of Bias Jubla, Kolihu, Kulibi Street, you know, and then that is in the developmental stage. Mm -hmm. We have completed two components of that project and is in the process of preparing a business plan for the third component whale watching. Uh, yes. Dominica is going into that direction. Right. Uh, ecotourism, uh, will watching, because we see that this is something that needs to be done. Right. And, and this is something that um, we are very happy with the government in going that direction. Are you getting support from the government? That we see that needs to be done mm -hmm. and done well, and they're going in that direction. We are in full support of it. So you uh, are you know, those kind of things. So tourism, like Dame Eugenia Charles and the Dominica Freedom Party mm -hmm. established the Deepwater Harbor where the, the boats are coming in. This year we didn't have any boat after 20 years. Right. Uh, you know, so something has gone wrong. Right. And, uh, but, um, you know, um, I love fishing. As a boy, I, I did a lot of fishing, mm. and then I'm from a fishing community. Yes. So whale watching is a project and a direction that we see, and agriculture, right. that we see that we need to go uh, towards go in that direction. And and but in in from from the fact that you're doing it now, are you seeing that there is a a great interest from outside? In terms of whale watching, yes. Or is this a new yes. initiative? Yeah, could you repeat that please? Yeah, I was saying, yes, is, this a, is this a new initiative, the whale watching that you're really getting involved in in terms of really pushing it? or And, and has there been a great interest from outside? Uh, well, there is already established projects, uh, you know, with the Carib whale and so. Mm -hmm. That's a new initiative for the community. 
uh, but there are already initiatives and um, you know to go in that direction right uh, but that that is a new initiative for the community that we are developing the project for all right well I have one more question for you uh, one more from the um, chat room and that has to deal with actually just a little bit of conversation that we had earlier so I promise I won't I won't keep dragging dragging all the questions on for you because of course it gets very interesting and then people just have a lot of questions to ask but the question was that um, the the coalition that you had with the Labour Party did you feel that that hurt the Dominica Freedom Party did that affect well well, it did hurt, huh? because yeah. you know you 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 are a coalition government, and you are in the minority. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, you feel that you are working for Dominica, okay. and 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 um, you know because one of our our principle is people before politics, people before privileges and things, mm-hmm. uh, people before people before power. Right. Uh, so, so freedom party's principle and, and direction is focusing on the development of people first and foremost, even before our own party. I was going to say, and, and, yeah. and that was the basis on which the Dominica Freedom Party was in collision with the Labour Party, working for the growth and development of the country, country first. So you basically, and, um, as you, yeah. you, you mean you, this. At this point in time, there may be the need to do just that. All opposition parties and private citizens and mm-hmm. everyone else mm-hmm. need to start focusing on the development of the country. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and this is what is emerging. Right. Uh, for example, the Citizens Forum, Citizens of Dominica, yes. uh, going in the direction to make a difference, to, to identify the challenges and educate people in terms of what is going wrong and what are the plans that is required to develop this country. Well, I'm sure that uh, these meetings will definitely bring a lot of ideas and uh, hopefully some of those will be heard by the present government. Last question for you. This one has nothing to do with politics at all. This is a no politics, politics question at all. You know, you do. You've you've done so much. I mean, I could have gone through your extensive resume. It's it's extensive. It's a, it's incredible the amount of, of work that you have done and uh, the impact that that it has had on on a on a country. And I'm sure individuals who also, as you looked up to uh, Eugenia Charles, are also looking up to you for guidance. But outside of all of that, you know, what what do you what is your favorite thing to do when you aren't doing politics, cricket, fishing, tourism, and all of that? What what do you what 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 do you like to do? You know, um, I'm, I'm a family man. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, uh, the family is there. Comes first. I have some children in the states and so. Yes. Uh, but I love my cricket at all. <laughs>
in the cricket team, yes. both at the local and national level. So I, guess, I enjoy doing that. I get involved. So once it's in you, it's in you, basically. There's no, yeah. I mean, you know, you, it's, it's you, you spend time with the family, but really and truly your heart is yes. is, is, is moving Dominica in a in the positive direction. That's right. Well, I want to thank you very much for your time tonight. I appreciate uh, you staying on with us a little bit longer because it is uh, just after 9, 20 after 9. So thank you yeah. very much, much, Mr. Sabaroch, for, for, for sharing with us tonight. And I want to thank the listeners yeah. for their questions and their comments. Thank you for the opportunity to give me, that has been given to me, to, you know, to talk to people, of course. It's not everyone that will share the views that I share, mm -hmm. but all ideas must contend. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, it can be for the betterment of our people and our country. Well, I thank you very much for all the work that you have done and for, and you know, again, as you say, there will some that will agree and some that won't agree, but one thing we can agree on is yeah. that you have been doing work for Dominica, no doubt. And I want to thank everybody else for listening. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, interestingly, I, I'm having sessions with the Pisco volunteers in, in Dominica, the U.S. Pisco volunteers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Project development, community participation, mm -hmm. you know, and every year, you know, a group of the students that are the, the, the volunteers that are working in Dominica. Yes. You know, I, um, I find time to, to share my experiences and to, to teach them how to you know, integrate into the communities. Well, and we know that you're also very uh, active in the cricket, and I do hope that it doesn't rain tomorrow so that uh, it can continue. Oh. <laughs> so that it can continue. And actually... Well, the, the, the hope good. <laughs> I hope so. Be Again, um, uh, Mr. Sabaroch, thank you so, so much from all of us here at the Dominican.net radio. Thank you for calling in. To all the listeners, thank you for tuning in. And be sure to join the Dominican.net on Twitter. For those of you that do have Twitter, it is TDN Radio 1. And that will keep you up to date with news and interviews from the nature island of Dominica. Again, Mr. Sabaroch, thank you so much. Is there anything you wanted to say uh, just as a parting words, last, last kind of thoughts for our listeners tonight? No, the, the, the thing that I'd want to say is that, uh, you know, Dominicans who are living overseas, mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I would want them to, to play their role, you know, in terms of the contribution um, in educating our people. We, they have families, uh, get the information, you know, share with them. Uh, so that, you know, the Dominica that we are developing, they can be part of it and they can make a contribution towards it because all of us are Dominican and our children would appreciate that. Absolutely. Again, thank you so much, Mr. Sabaroch, and hopefully again we'll speak in 105 days. Thank you. All right. Take care. Have a wonderful night. Bye-bye. You too, my dear. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.